I will feast at the table of the Lord. I will feast at the table of the Lord. I won't hunger anymore. Welcome to the table. You are listening to the Kingstown Communion podcast with lead pastor Michelle Matthews. The Kingstown Communion is a new United Methodist Church existing to gather people into communion with Jesus Christ through courageous conversation, creative community, and collaborating for the common good. For more information about upcoming events and opportunities to serve, visit our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Kingstown Communion. We're glad that you're listening along with us. If you live close by, we hope you'll join us for worship in person. And if you ever feel so inclined to help us by giving financially, you can do so on our website, kingstowncommunion.net. Coming to the end of a sermon series on the Gospel of Mark that we have called Risky Business saying that that Mark seems to present a gospel that is a little uncomfortable, risky, sometimes dangerous. And so here now God's word from Mark 10 today. He left that place and went to the region of Judea and beyond the Jordan, and crowds again gathered around him. And as was his custom, he again taught them. People were bringing little children to him in order that he might touch them. And the disciples spoke sternly to them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, Let the little children come to me. Do not stop them. Let the little children come to me. For it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly, I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. And he took them up in his arms and laid his hands on them and he blessed them. As he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not defraud, honor your father and mother. He said to them, teacher, I have kept all of these, all of them I have. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, you lack one thing, go and sell what you own and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. When he heard this, he was shocked and went away grieving, for he had many possessions. And then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were perplexed at these words. But Jesus said to them again, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle, than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were greatly astounded and said to one another, then who can be saved? 
Jesus looked at them and said, for mortals, it is impossible, but not for God. For God, all things are possible. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So one day Jesus was teaching and everyone gathers around him and they're all attempting to pay attention. And imagine Jesus maybe at the, the park under a canopy of trees, Church of the Trees perhaps, or imagine Jesus in a backyard, s'more church with, you know, the ancient Israel version of s'mores. Or maybe Jesus is, is trying to get people to pay attention to him in their living rooms amidst the distractions of house and home, like you are gathering right now, perhaps. And, and in all these areas, in all these cases, children are scuffling in the dust over here and crying for the, the, the playground over here and, and running figure eights through the living room while Jesus's listeners are trying to turn up the TV to hear better. Jesus is teaching and folks are gathered around and trying to pay attention. And one of his disciples says, can't something be done about these children? Like, can we like send them away, please? I can't pay attention to you, Jesus, with the distraction of these children. Don't we have a nursery or a classroom or something we can send them off to? Do you remember what Jesus said to that? Let the little children come to me. And, and then embracing them in his arms, Jesus is blesses the, the children, saying the kingdom of God belongs to them. Grown-ups have a difficulty getting into a kingdom with such a small door. And you've heard this story, I know. If, even if you really have never read the Bible, you've probably seen this crocheted on some pillow somewhere. This event with Jesus is told in all four of the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John all tell this story, and it's our scripture today. Children who we tend to regard as distractions from the important work of worship, they were put by Jesus at the center of his realm. Like I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, biblical interpreters all agree. In a day and a culture when children were on the bottom of society, less than full human beings, Jesus performed no more radical counter-cultural act than when he put children at the center, making them the enactment of the good news. And this is the third week Jesus is talking about children. What Jesus said about children is similar to what Jesus said about, about the poor and the marginalized and the least of these. In our pre-pandemic church, and in most churches, there used to come a time in our Sunday service when I would say something like, and now the children are dismissed to go to children's church. The implication being that my sermon was for adults only. And so children had to be you know, excommunicated into uh, another area, into their own church. 
Was Jesus in error when he said that children have no problem entering the kingdom of God? Or is it that we, we adults, are the ones with the problem? Here are some interesting stats. In 2021, the median age of the population in the U.S. is 35 years old. But the median age of attendees in the United Methodist Church is 57 years old. In comparison, the median age of both practicing Muslims and Hindus, both, in the U.S. is 33 years old. How? Why is that? For a long time now, the proportion of United Methodists who are under the age of 12 has been in precipitous decline. And so has children's Christian education, judging from the sales of pertinent resources and literature. It's virtually extinct. We, the church, are in violation of Jesus' clear command, let the little children come to me. This command becomes one of the distinguishing marks of the church, whether or not there is an active presence of children. The presence of children in worship is a gospel test for Jesus, for whether or not a church is in fact Jesus' church. A few years ago now, I made my trek down to um, Wilmington, North Carolina, uh, where a friend of mine lives, and I was guest preaching for him. I get there about 30 minutes early before the service, and we do the normal things you do before a service. We do the sound check and run down the order of worship, what he expected of me, what I expected of him. and, And about 10 minutes before the service, my eyes caught something that to me was utterly amazing. There, were, there was like this, this 200-year-old mainline church. Here we were. I expected a sea of salt and pepper and, and white heads, right? But to my astonishment, the first four pews are just packed with children and youth. And so I lean over to my friend. This is incredible. Like, what a rare sight this is. You have so many children in worship. And he leaned over to me and said, well, only four of those kids are related to anybody in our congregation. What? Like, whose children are they then? He said, they belong to Jesus. He's loaning them to us to help turn this thing we call church here around. We are Almost blessed, he said, to be living in a state with such bad government and lousy social services. And so we we cut a deal with the police in this county. When they go in to bust up a meth lab, there are usually children present in those environments. And then they call us, day or night. They can call us, and in 30 minutes, we will have trained and and provided them a safe, trained people to receive them and provided them a a safe space to stay until the courts can sort it all out. we've, We've even got a family court judge who works with us, he said. And we've got six families in our congregation that are certified foster care parents. And half of our kids are only allowed by the court to live at home with their parents right now, if our church certifies 
that we are currently working with these families to care for them. The, the procession into worship was just about to begin that day, and we, we would both be swept into the duties of church, right? But there was just enough time for my friend to lean over and, and whisper, but honestly, those children have given us more and we've, we've even given them. Like I said, Jesus brought them here to help save this church. It wasn't until they arrived that we really started receiving Jesus. He was hard to find around here before then. When Jesus says, let the little children come to me, he is not throwing out some cute little phrase. He is speaking risky gospel truth. He is making a statement about what the church ought to look like. Not built around the perceived needs of its grown-ups. That, that the sermon is theologically rich enough for the the room is, is quiet and sacred enough, or the music is traditional or contemporary enough, or the space is pretty enough, and the pastor is like me enough. Not built around the needs of the adults, but the needs of the children, which always have a way of teaching us a thing or two about what we really need, right? And that's, the, that's what's risky about this because it forces us to come to grips with and take stock of all the things we, we think we need and what that says about our faith and our limitations and who God is and what God can do. The stats do not lie. The average United Methodist attendee is 57 years old. And only a tiny proportion of children in the U.S. have received any introduction or instruction in Christian faith. Which is why when I look at our church's directory list and notice that one third of our congregation are 14 years old or younger, I know it can only be Jesus doing the same work he was doing in that church in Wilmington, North Carolina. We are a different kind of Methodist church. Even amidst a pandemic, our church is not, in fact, in decline. And yet, I still believe that it is by our children that Jesus will save us even here. Over the summer, we have built this family ministries team that has dreamt up what it might look like to not just say the sermon's not for them, so send them off, but actually create an intentional space in the main room of worship itself for children to listen and explore and pray and play in their own way, not hidden away or made to stand and sit patiently in rows like us, but rather worshiping with us, watching us, wondering about God in their own way with us. On October 10th at Hayfield, you'll get to see some of the big risk that this team has been willing to take to build Jesus's church. Risking some of our space, some of our storage, risking some of our adult-inclined worship comforts, the things we think we need, but also risking 
them watching us and us watching them? What might they witness and learn of our faith? And also, what might we witness and learn from theirs? I offer this to you in the name of God the Father, in the name of Christ his Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Would you pray with me? God, it is no mistake that you came and took human form, not as a grown-up, but as a little baby. God, who became flesh as a baby, search our hearts today for all the ways that we clamor for what we need and what we want, whether it's, it's in our jobs, it's in our, our relationships with our family, in community with one another, or it's an expectation of the church. God, search our hearts for all the things we, we perceive that we need. And evaluate them in light of your kingdom, in which you have said, children, just get it. They've made their way in. God, in every way that we think that we have the monopoly on the kingdom, remind us, God, that the door of the kingdom is sometimes too small for a grown-up to enter. And so that's why you call us to have childlike faith. That's why you call us to bring the children to the center. So, not so that they can watch us and learn about our faith. Not just that, but that we may learn something from them. The way they play, the way they pray, the way they wonder, the way they witness to you. We join together, God, in that prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. As your children, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. There is peace at the table of the Lord. There is peace at the table.